everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. We are a podcast about youth ministry in Atlanta, hence the name. My name is Matt. I'm here with Wallace and Ashley. We're going to talk about a bunch of topics. We're really excited to have a space to get together, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves and say a little bit about themselves so that you know who's speaking to you. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a priest in the Episcopal Church, and I have been doing youth ministry for about 10 years now, and I really think that it's uh, super important. I think it's a really big deal to be a part of uh, forming young people and before they go out into this cruel and hardened world uh, to build a good foundation for them. So that's who I am, female clergy representative in this little contingent. Where did you go to seminary? I went to seminary at Emory, Candler School of Theology, Uh, but I grew up in Sewanee, Tennessee, and my dad was an Episcopal priest, so I'm like as Episcopalian as they come. (laughs) You bleed the shield? I, I do. Yeah, every time. Got to be painful. Yeah. With some big pallets. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Wallace Benton, and I'm from, I live in Roswell, just outside of Atlanta, uh, and I work at St. David's Episcopal Church. I've been doing youth ministry for about um, seven to eight years, uh, and have been enjoying it for uh, the most part, and um and I also, I really do believe that youth ministry is one of the um, integral parts of of our church and of church life, but I think that it also stretches out into um, a complete partnership between parents, uh, teachers, um, the church, uh, coaches, all of those things to help form, help create um, a loving environment for our young people who definitely need it. And I'm Matt. Uh... Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I work at St. James in Marietta. If you've been to Marietta and you see the giant chicken at the KFC, turn left and you'll run straight into my church. Uh, I've been receiving some kind of a check from the Episcopal Church to do something involved with youth since 2007. So it's one of those things uh, I just kind of fell into. I grew up with youth ministry. My mom started the children's program at my church. And I just kind of fell into it from there. So I'm happy to be here. Uh, I brought this idea because when I look at the resources of youth ministry in the Episcopal Church, there are a lot, but I feel like this is one of the platforms that haven't, hasn't been reached yet. And so I'm excited to come you know, on episodes and share resources, share stories, share insight, hopefully hear back from people who listen um, and just see what the game is, see what the field of different churches practicing youth ministry is. So we have a topic this episode. We're going to try and have different topics every episode. And the first one I want to talk about is um, why is youth ministry important? And I feel like this is a little bit of a battle with some churches and not a battle with other churches. And so for a moment, you two, let's pretend somebody rolls up to you at coffee hour and you say, oh, I'm the person in charge of youth ministry. And they look at you and they say, oh, that's not important. This church doesn't have anything to do with that. We don't even allocate any budget to it. <laughs> what is your response? Do you 
hold back the screening or do you like what is your pitch to justifying why a church should allocate money to a group of 10 to 100 youth my response to your hypothetical right now is laughter because (laughs) that's absurd um you know we we talk about how the youth and children are the future of the church but in fact they are the church and just like every other ministry or program or individual in the church, we give money to that and we build those programs. So just as there is adult Sunday school or EFM or pastoral care or the flower guild, we, we care about those different pieces and all of it together make up the whole parish. So if there aren't children at the church, if it's a particularly old church, uh, then that's not to say that there's not kids nearby who need to be brought into church. And so I think putting our money it t- toward it is, is crucial because you, they're, they're the dignity of every human being, right? They are human beings and we respect all of them, all of everybody. And so we have to create space for them. I think going along with that, um, we have a lot of people who look around and they say um, either I didn't grow up with a youth group or I didn't grow up. Um, or we don't have money. Um, we just we don't have we aren't able to give enough to then allocate that re- allocate money or funds. And I think my my next question will be well then what are what are we doing as a community um, to serve those who happen to be in the ages of I think um, a focus group of eleven to uh, eighteen. But I think broadly, what are we doing for people in between the ages of zero to to eighteen? Um, I think that that we we as as uh, as humans, but I think we as especially as churchgoers and, and as Episcopalians, one of the things that we are tasked is to go out and serve and um, to to serve others. And so, uh, yes, part of that is money, but I think also part of that is just being able to be there, um, being able to give one's time, give one's talents um, in some capacity. And so, I. I know specifically uh, at a church that I worked with, worked at, um, we had a we had a lot of people who didn't have money, but we did have a lot of people who um, who cooked really, really, just intense but and delicious um, multicultural dishes, um, and we had people who um, who did music and who were ready to share those talents with um, with our youth. We also had people who who were retired and who could um, just spend time, and so. They may not have been able to necessarily be the ones who were out on the kickball uh, field, but they were the ones who were able to um, come on events and um, and teach in some capacity or um, be able to sit with a kid who maybe needed to take a quick break because they couldn't handle a certain conversation. Um, and I think it's important that, like I said, that time and those talents um, and being willing and being open to share those um, with youth because they they need that time just as much as older people do. Yeah. And I mean, I've been blessed in the sense of like, I've always worked at churches that have wanted to have a youth ministry Mm -hmm. and we're willing to support that, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that every church is like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like there are churches that have youth leaders just for the sake of having youth leaders. And so that someone on the vestry doesn't get tasked with doing Sunday school. And so I guess, like, do you have any experience with that in the sense of 
like how does youth ministry different at a church that supports it both vocally financially mission wise all that and how does that different from a church with a youth leader who is just there so i think what you're talking about is vibrancy um to an extent and so i think churches that um incorporate youth into their mission so it's not just saying that oh we care about the youth here's money go over there and do something but i think it's saying hey like youth come with us on our journey be a part of like what we're doing um and and we will in turn be a part in what you're doing i think about churches who encourage youth to participate in the outreach um outreaches of that church so not just saying like hey go out and do this outreach thing that's over here that we like we'll be really excited when we see pictures later on and that were posted mm-hmm. on the bulletin board but but we're actually asking youth to participate in the outreaches that are important to this community um i think that i think that to me like that's a that's vibrant um instead of just saying um hey youth you know go kick rocks um and go be over over there somewhere that you see that parking lot go go do the parking lot you get one room in the church and a bottle of soda a month and a pizza yeah it's really i think it's really easy for the youth group to become siloed because Mm. they are loud they are smelly they (laughs) say things you mean like roses right 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 right. like old spice and Roses. Right. People are intimidated by them because they don't understand the lingo or whatever's going on with kids today. And um, and so I think that, that the churches have a tendency to silo the youth group. You get the youth house out back. You get the room in the basement, whatever. Um, but then... And then they want the youth to come uh, clean up after the fundraiser dinner or whatever, you know. They're in charge of the recycling. Right. And so, you know, I always get really, I get my hackles up when people ask, well, can't the youth just do this? And I say, no, they're not free labor. They're members of your church. And if you want to invite them to help plan the dinner, great. You know, if you want them to serve alongside members of the vestry at the dinner, fantastic. But we're not going to swoop in and do the do the dirty work because nobody else wants to do it. And so I think there is, I think as youth ministers, we have a responsibility to teach the youth what it means to be incorporated into the life of the parish and sort of what the, theologically, how important it is that they not just be recipients of adults, you know, fortune and goodwill and, and grace, but to really participate in that and, and to lead worship and... Yeah to lead the children's chapel, you know, to acolyte, to to be a part of that. They're not going to do it unless we teach them that it's important, yeah. you know, and, and ask them to do it. And, you know, what we run into a lot of times is we have a lot of a million acolytes, but they don't know why they're, they're yeah. doing what they're doing. And so they're up there swinging their cinctures around and being ridiculous. And <laughs> literally fun. somebody was flossing the other day <laughs> at, at, while acolyting. And oh. I was like... Yeah, it's funny, and, you know, like, <laughs> let's be aware of what we're doing. And so if we aren't, as their leaders, teaching them what it means to be part of the life of the parish, then we're doing them a disservice, mm-hmm. and we're setting them up to be siloed yeah. because no adult is going to take them seriously. It sounds like um, at your church you also focus on good hygiene, um, <laughs> dental hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Which, floss- which I think is really important. Yeah, right. We Yeah, we put in the pockets of the acolyte robes 
floss, little flossers. So Yeah. <laughs> That's a it's joke just if a you service. can't read the facial expressions <laughs> in the room. But I'm going to now. <laughs> so one of the things you brought up that, like, I, I don't struggle with, but I struggle with figuring out. Um, I think it is really easy to get the parents of youth to buy into the youth program because their kids are going to it. Mm-hmm. And parents want their kids to go to good things. But the other side of that is there are other people in the church besides families of youth. Right. And how do you get, like when I started at St. James, I had a lot of people come up to me in the first few months and were like, hey, I don't have any kids in the youth program or I don't have kids anymore, but good luck. So like, how do you (laughs) incorporate those people who maybe have kids no longer in the program or never had kids in the program or just random people like how do you incorporate them into youth stuff or do you just say oh thanks up your pledge or consider (laughs) buying me a pizza for the youth group one day right i think it's partially just saying like trying to figure out trying to get to know them just as much as you're trying to get to know your parents i'm saying like hey let's have a real conversation what are things that you like doing and then as you get to know them better then saying okay like that's really cool you're a you know, you're a chef. Would you want to teach, like, maybe a group of kids about, you know, what um, what the youth, like, what Jesus would have would have consumed um, with his friends? Um, would you want to, like, maybe... Bread baking. Uh, would you want to show them, like, how to make um, communion bread? Mm-hmm. I think that there, there are ways that we can incorporate people who may have had um, children at one point um, or people who um, never had kids um, or... Like, I think there are lots of people who who have said, um, or at least said to me, like, at some point in my life, I had a relation, I had a um, healthy relationship with an adult person that was not my parent. And I wish that I could find um, a way to give back in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think finding those people and saying, like, okay, well, then what can what can we do? What what are ways that we can encourage that and, like, develop those relationships? Um, more than just, you know you saying hey like i need a kid who's gonna mow my lawn for me um wait that's an option uh weirdly enough yeah so so i think there are ways to to encourage those who um who have talents and who Mm -hmm. have time and who have energy you know even limited energy there are ways to encourage them to share those things with with youth i think it's it's the same responsibility that we have to teach the youth why it's important that they be a part of the parish. We have the same responsibility to teach that to the adults. And, you know, finding a way to get adults to articulate for themselves why youth ministry is important is helpful. You know, yeah. they're they're not... List- if it's that guy who says, good luck, then he's not going to listen to your spiel about why youth ministry is important. But if you can figure out how to make him say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is important. I, I had a youth group or whatever it is, yeah. then then he's hooked a little bit, you know? Yeah. And and there are plenty of people who you just don't want working with the youth, and yeah. you just say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your good wishes. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. I think also nobody ever asked me if I wanted to be an Ultra Guild member. And, like, looking back on Do my... Do you want to be an Ultra Guild I really member? don't, um, yeah. mainly because cause the Ultra Guild is awesome and fascinating terrifying you know like yeah. things like that um and and i think i just i don't have the very strict personality that that is demanded of the ultra guild um and but um but i think that one of the things that i 
like looking back, like I, I wish that somebody at least asked me um, if I was interested in the Alter Guild, if I was interested in being a junior Alter Guild member. There are things about an Episcopal worship service that isn't necessarily passed down um, to not, I'm not even just going to say younger generations, to the church. Um, there are things about our service and the way that it looks and the, um, the tradition slash pageantry, depending on who you are, that, that I think a lot of us uh, get really excited about, but we don't um, communicate why those things are important or why those things are neat or whatever, um, unless you are part of, unless you're, unless you're a clergy member or unless you're part of the Ultra Guild. And I wish that somebody had said that, like, hey, like, if you're actually interested in uh, what's happening at the altar right now, besides like from the capacity of a, of an acolyte, um, come check this out, Mm -hmm. um, be a part of this. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that maybe we, we should say to, um, our adult friends, um, what are things that you're, that you're doing in the church right now and how can we incorporate youth into that? Um, yeah, they're probably not going to be the ones that we're going to send up ladders, um, to change light bulbs, um, in our sanctuaries. But there may be some other things that we have youth who are interested in doing mm-hmm. that at least if you tell us what they are, we can probably find kids who are interested in those things. Or not even tell us, come tell the youth group. Right. When Did I w- you, sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say when I worked at Grayson Orange Park, um, I was mystified and terrified because the church let the youth decorate the Christmas tree <laughs> in the church. <laughs> like the big one every year. Like, Do you mean the Avent tree? Well. <sighs> <laughs> Wait, there's a Christmas tree in the tree? You know what I mean. <laughs> we have lots of questions. Oh, my gosh. Don't be snobby, Episcopalians. <laughs> anyway, and, like, the amount of trust it takes for a bunch of people over the age of 60 to look at people under the age of 18 and be like, do it. Yeah. Like, this is your creation that 200 people are going to see on, you know, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and that we're going to look at for the however many days in Advent. Yeah. Um, it's four weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, that always mystified me. Like, a chance for people who weren't signing up to cook dinner mm-hmm. or teach Sunday school mm-hmm. or whatever to give youth the space to be in charge of something. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, um... I know we'll talk about confirmation at a in a later podcast, but part of our confirmation process is that each youth has to identify and partner up with an adult in the church who's doing something interesting to them. And so they have to kind of, it's creepy, they have to sort of stalk and watch the adults yes. for a little bit and, and see who's doing stuff. And, and we have to, you know, as the leaders create space for them to do that, sitting in church and coffee hour and before church and in the sacristy and all that. But they get a chance to sort of self-select, like, this is interesting to me. That guy who always carries the stick in and out of church and wears Darth Vader robes is cool to me. Okay, you like Verger guy. So, like, Verger guy is your your confirmation. Darth Verger. Not sponsor, but, like, friend, you know, and... And that has been really helpful in getting kids to, out, you know, some of them never going to acolyte, but they really are interested in Flower Guild and they want to be on the Flower Guild. And so they choose the Flower Guild person and then they're they're hooked. The kicker of that is I feel like when it comes to getting youth plugged in, we, the Episcopal Church, 
treats getting youth plugged in unlike any other person walking into that church. So, this, and this is just how I feel. I'm sure there are people who are going to hear this and be like, what are you talking about, you crazy madman? <laughs> like, I don't understand this concept that every youth needs to do something in the church. Mm-hmm. So, like, when a youth walks into the church, the first thing is like, well, we need to get them plugged in in choir, and we need to have them acolyte, and we need to put them on this, and they need to be in charge of this. Where if some random guy walks into the church, he may never get asked to do anything. And so to me, there's this weird imbalance of the youth get siloed, but also are somehow required in the leadership of the church. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very open with my kids. If you just want to come to church and be there, you have that right. Like if you want the priority is that you are sitting in church. And if you want to step up into leadership, whether that's act like choir, whatever, awesome. I 100% support that. But the expectation for everyone else in this church is that you at least be here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, and I have a priest in the room, so if she then decides to excommunicate me, I guess that's allowed. I don't have that authority. Well, not excommunicate. <laughs> just be like, you're a bad person. But I feel as though one of the things that that maybe what we should say is to it to a youth hey like we want you to be at church great we want you to come to youth group great but what we really want you to do is be able to take take god out of this space and into the world and so if it means that like part of your um you somehow connect your your spirituality your your religion to beta club at school that's the goal the the goal I feel like the because there are kids who yeah they aren't going to be acolytes they're not going to be good acolytes they're going to be the ones who um, <laughs> would rather have a dance party with their acolyte robes instead of actually like doing what they're supposed to be doing but what they but what they are interested in is um, they're really interested in woodworking and so they want to t- so like for them they would rather spend that um, instead of spending uh, an hour and a half hour and fifteen minutes sitting. Um, in an acolyte robe, they would rather spend an equal amount of time, you know, tying um, tying what they're doing outside in the world into like tying that into like their um, their spirituality. Um, they're tying art into it or whatever. Um, and it seems that that should be the the that is part of that's part of the baptismal covenant. It's like take take Jesus. Um, you know, through the communion and take that out into the world and to go do something, um, to go. And so whether that's going and doing something in the church, that's great. Um, but then also going out and taking that out into the world. We believe, I think, you know, it's an integral part of our theology that, that so much of our relationship with Christ happens within the greater body of Christ in, in community. And so if somebody, and there are these people at, at my church who just come and leave and they don't do anything. They'll never show up for anything. They pledge and they come and that's about it. And my conversation with them is just sort of like, why, you know, what, what's the resistance, um, to, to being a, a part of the bigger body. And for some people, they're just more contemplative and they just, that's, they just need that space for an hour on Sunday morning and that's it. Um, but most of the time when you ask people, 
they just haven't known how to get involved, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think we have an opportunity to just educate people about the ways that they can be involved. Um, you're always going to have a few who won't do it, but most of the time it just takes an invitation. And that, I think that's part of our theology. I think that's part of who we are as Episcopalians. And I think giving the space, like it's the difference between being a human being and a human doing, which not to pull the youth leader hat out, but like that's the story of, thank you. Well, I just put the hat on my head. That's the story of like, uh, of the Israelites in Exodus and getting pulled out of Egypt is God saying, you are more than just the amount of bricks you make. You're more than the work you produce, you know, rise above that. Um, you are a human being, not a human doing. And I think that's the struggle for churches, not just Episcopal, but churches all over. It's the struggle of youth ministry of how do you not make someone just this person does this and that is that person. And they are, their existence is ultra guild or their existence is acolytes. So, uh, we're going to try and do a, like, give, give a resource every episode. So this is the resource of the episode. Is that what we're going to call it? I don't know. Oh, snap. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so I'll start. So one of the resource I want to bring today, there's a book that I got when I was younger, and I remember reading and being like, this is really cool. But I've since gone back, and the name of the book is... Don't rock the boat, capsize it, loving the church too much to leave it the way it is. And you can find it on Amazon if you just type in Don't Rock the Boat, Capsize It. And it's a really cool book about looking at church differently than how we do it now. And so the one story that comes to mind is there was a, a priest in Hawaii, I think. And the church was very like locked into only certain people get keys to the church. And only certain people have certain access to the room. So his idea was to give keys to literally anybody. Like if it is your first time in church, you get a key. And people thought that was insane because it kind of is. But what he found was it increased the life of the church and people were always there. And the whole, you know, threat of, well, what if somebody steals something? Well, no one can steal something if people are in every room always. Um, And so there are a lot of different stories in that book just about rethinking the things we hold on to and rethinking the things that we think are our church. Um, and I'm not saying you need to go to Home Depot and give all of your kids a key to the church, but that helped me think about the availability of the spaces that we have and helping youth take ownership over that space. So it's a book I very much recommend. I love it. I've read it now, I think, three times in the past, whenever since I got it. Um, and I always recommend it. Ashley, do you want to bless us out? Yeah, let's do it. I like that. Bless us. Hashtag bless us out. Hashtag bless us out. Well, God, God's blessing is upon us, so we, that's good news, but I'll remind everybody of that. <laughs> Gracious God, here we are in your midst doing your work, trying desperately to live out your will for these young people. Open our hearts and minds. Help us to guide these young children with safety and joy and all of the love that you bring to all of God's children. In the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Give us a review. Tell us what you think. Maybe a subject that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, Big thanks to Easton, who's our producer. 
Easton, where can people follow us on like Instagram and stuff? I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> we can add that in. We'll let you know. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to us on most podcast apps. Review us. Leave us something that we can talk about or something you want to hear us say. So also, also, follow us on social media. We'll let you know where you can follow us. And have a good day. Thanks for listening. This was the first episode. We out. Yeah.